You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. I'm going to kick this show off with a quick announcement about something new going on at SocksInTheBasement.com. We now have the Socks in the Basement preferred sports books available at SocksInTheBasement.com. We, we're getting into the sports book thing. I, I was placing bets over the last couple of days and, uh, and, and checking out all the ones that we're now uh, associated with. And, and if you go to the website, there are a bunch of different like promotions that are up there right now. I think one of the ones that I I thought was really interesting is that if you go use DraftKings Sportsbook through Socks in the Basement, you bet $5, you get $200 plus $150 in bonus bets. And if you go to FanDuel and you bet $5, you get $200 in bonus bets and NFL Sunday ticket. So I've already been like cruising through all of them. Make sure you go use Socks in the Basement's preferred sportsbooks right through SocksInTheBasement.com. Check the menu bar up at the top. If you're on your on your phone, hit that little thing up in the corner to bring down the menu and find SITB Sportsbook. Uh, that's exciting, huh? We're, we're getting into the betting game. I'm sure you're not betting on Chicago sports teams no, because... No, no, not at all. Not at all. No, I mean, I, I mean but, but betting against them is probably pretty safe these days. Well, yeah, well, here's the thing. I made a bet already on Lucas Giolito. Oh, did you? I did. I made a bet on Lucas Giolito because his last couple games he had been good. And I was like, ah, you know, Lucas, once he got to to Cleveland, you know, a couple of really good games. And now I'm going to go look at what he did, and I'm going to find out that I lost the bet. Because I, <laughs> I didn't well, check. Yeah, I didn't check yet. I don't know if I won or not. I wasn't even paying attention. I was so busy today. But, like, I made a bet on Giolito because, like, I was I was like, oh, it's a day game. You know, I think, he's, I think he was playing the Royals. He had gone, like, multiple games in a row where he had gone seven or more innings. And he had given up, I think, I think he had a shutout through seven innings in his in his previous performance and two runs over seven innings in the one before that. So I was like, well, he's going to have a good game. I'm going to go with Lucas Giolito. And he lost. That's why I shouldn't bet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I guess if, if you're going to get into it, uh, getting a little bonus money at least helps out. I helps out with that, I know, right? I know, no, no, I'm going to get the money back because of the promo. That's how it works, you know. Like so, that money's already the money goes right back in. So what I because it was my first bet in that one, so I knew that betting on him, I wasn't losing anything. I was just getting the money back. So I figured I'll give it a shot. That's why that's why the sports book's so cool. The way that we have everything set up is like if you've never tried it before, go ahead and try it. It's like it's like playing with free money, and if you win, you're playing with house money. But yeah, of course I bet on him because like I looked up everything. I was like, he's really good in day games. I he's had. A, Great couple of starts. This is what he normally against does against these opponents. This is what he normally does in September. I mean, everything told me bet on Lucas Giolito. So that's why you need like the backup thing with the bets. You know that that you right, gotta you right. gotta find those offers when you go and you do it because you could do everything right and then it doesn't work out for you. And so, like I would tell you, I, I probably by the end of the show or at least on Twitter or something, you should put out all the other things I bet on for this weekend. Because I, I mainly did NFL games. I used to live out in Reno doing morning radio. And there was this guy who was on the other side of the hallway for, from me, and he was the sports talk morning anchor, and I was on a rock station. And he had been out in Reno his whole life doing morning talk on a sports talk station, and all he did was talk betting. 
because that's all you did in Nevada. I mean, there was that was the only place you go bet besides Atlantic City. And he would take me to the sports book and we would bet NFL games because he was like, these are the easiest ones to figure out. So I've always felt real good about that. So I did a lot more NFL, you know, but you could bet anything. You could bet prop bets. You could bet it, it, some of these sites have some ridiculous things that you can bet on, you know, and some of them because of the offers. I was like, well, it's free money anyway. Let's let's get nuts. You know, I got like a five. Right. Well, now's the time to do it. Yeah, I've got like a five way parlay in like an NFL game that I, like uh, some guy's got to score a touchdown. Somebody else got to do something else. And I'm like, well, if I lose, I'm just getting the money back in this offer. So I'm just going to take a shot at it. If I win, I win a grand. So, you know, I mean, like that, I was having fun with it. You know, I was having fun with it. Play responsibly. Well, and, and that's what you yeah, play responsibly. And of course, if you think you got a problem, there's plenty of resources out there for, for gamblers. But right. Yeah, uh, don't be a degenerate. Know, it, don't be a degenerate, please. Like, no, okay, I don't no, want anybody no, no. going into the socks in the basement sports book and being a degenerate. Okay, no degenerates in the sports book. We want to we want to run a clean sports book section at SocksInTheBasement.com. Exactly, very clean. Not like the Fremont Street experience, right? Like in Vegas, like that one that's just got the big giant uh, jumbotron thing that runs three blocks, and you walk in to onto the casino floor, and there's like just like gum stuck to the chairs. Like we're gonna be a classy sports book. That's what we're going to be. <laughs> exactly. Because nothing except for class is exuded by this podcast. Nothing but class with the socks in the basement preferred sports books. Anyway, this episode is brought to you by GorkaGary.com. 33rd of Princeton in the shadow of the ballpark. Get on out there. I'm going to be there on Tuesday. Uh, that's going to be my last game. So I'll be out there. Stop by and see me. Uh, I, you know what? Uh, I'm gonna, I'll bring the corporate credit card for the broadcast basement, and I'll buy a few beers. All right? So hunt me down at Cork and Carry at the park. And uh, we'll have a beer. All right. You got to be 21 for that. Look at all the disclaimers I have to do now. I would say you're, you're, you're captain disclaimer here. Yeah, I'll give you I'll give you a beer, but you better be 21. Use the sports book. What we want. We don't we don't want any degenerates bet responsibly. Like we're 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 going to be a show full of disclaimers. Well, here, you know, what, you know, what doesn't need a disclaimer, though? What? The burgers at Cork and Carry, those don't need a disclaimer. No, those are really good. They're really good yeah, burgers. You can use those irresponsibly yeah, if you want to. Yeah. They're that good. <laughs> See more at CorkandCarry.com. Here's, here's the thing. I have a question about Chicago sports teams. Is there some sort of side bet amongst all of them to see who can be the biggest train wreck? Because the White Sox seem to be running away with it. And then the Bears came out of nowhere this week oh, right the, bear, uh, the bears i mean talk about a sprint <laughs> to catch up holy like, smokes in one afternoon yeah i mean it's it i'm just gonna sit back and watch it i don't want to touch it with a 10-foot pole when you when you look at the cubs though on the other side of town and the way that they're playing and the fact that they may or may not make it into the postseason i have a question for you my friend are you rooting for them and the reason i ask this question is because i've already decided i am rooting for them I'm rooting for them because in 2003, when they almost made it to the World Series before a ridiculous, ridiculous game six in which they blame some poor guy who was just sitting there with a headset on his ears. Just enjoying the dulcet tones of Pat Hughes. That's right. all that man was doing. Right. Exactly. That guy, that guy was, was any of us. We all would have done the same thing. They still, had to, they still had to go out and make several more errors and give up several more hits just to lose that game. And then there was a game seven, for crying out loud. But they came so close that Jerry, that's when he gets rid of Jerry Manuel. Right. That, that's when Reinsdorf gets rid of Jerry Manuel and brings it on again. That's when he allows Kenny Williams to flip the team and start making massive changes to a roster. Who cares who's in the marketing materials? That's when he spent more money. And then you see him in 2016. He, he 
fell into Rick Hahn's trap about the idea of a rebuild that never actually worked, but he was willing to do it after the Cubs won the World Series. Because that's what the Cubs did, yeah. When the Cubs do well, Reinsdorf gets irked. And you may see him go spend more money in the offseason or get a player that you wouldn't have imagined him getting for Chris Getz when Getz goes and asks for something if the Cubs go deep. And I don't care if they go and they win. I don't care if they win the pennant. It doesn't bother me. We got a World Series in 05. I want another one. And if the only thing that ticks off the owner enough that he pushes in more cards, more chips, more money is the Cubs doing well, I'm not going to sing the stupid song but I, I, I'm all for him doing well. I mean, you put it that way, and, and you sit there and you go, okay, well, I could be that guy, right, that sits there and says, no, I'm a White Sox fan. I hate everything that's Cubs. You know, my favorite teams are the White Sox and whoever's playing against the Cubbies that day. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I've never, I'm enough of a baseball fan that even in 2016, I was somewhat invested in the storyline, right, just to see if the Cubs could do it. Because there, there did come a time where you start to sit there and wonder, like, is there really something supernatural going on with these guys, or is it just that poorly run? Which gets us back to the whole, does any sports owner in Chicago actually have a clue on how to run a franchise? But the the uh, you know the idea that a Cubs victory or a Cubs postseason run, especially now, and especially in a situation where Chris Getz could, could follow the Cubs pattern a little bit, right? Uh, again, um, in terms of taking a team that's, got some young pieces trying to add some veterans trying to get some reclamation projects and catch a little lightning in a bottle and push the team forward in 2024 a little bit whether it works or not but the idea that Reinsdorf would open up the purse strings let Gats go out on the free agent market try and build a roster um, let him make some trades try and build a roster I I would be all for that so yeah in, in that term you know when you when you kind of sit there and think about it it really does you know it really does make a lot of sense that if Reinsdorf wants to keep up with the Ricketts, then let's let's have the Cubs at least get to the NLCS. Who else are you going to be invested in, really? Do you, do you want to see the Astros do well again? I never want to no. see the Astros do no. well again. Are you really pushing for the Rays? I, I'm kind of tired of the I'm kind of tired of the entire AL East. Like, there's nobody in the American League that I really care about. I don't want them to win the World Series. I'll start right. rooting against them in the World Series. I'd like to see them win the pennant, just because. It would really upset Jerry Rice. Also, I think the Braves are winning the World Series anyway. Right. I don't, I, in fact, I don't think there's any danger of the Cubs winning the World Series this year. Let's just no, all be honest. I, I don't, okay? I don't think anybody so, in the NL is getting past it. Because I still am a White Sox fan that does root against the Cubs. I am. I'm a petty right. 46-year-old man who just enjoys it when they fall on their face. And what better stage to have them fall on their face than just fall short of the World Series by something stupid like your veteran left fielder getting pissed off at a guy who's just sitting there listening to the radio, watching the t- the game, and <laughs> reaching up for a ball that the left fielder was never going to catch in a million right. years anyway because the dude's like 35 years old and has no hops. Right, and then watching your manager sit there with his small child or grandchild in his lap to deflect questions that he doesn't want to actually answer. Right, right. <laughs> like that was a, that was Dusty's move. He did that when he was with San Francisco before he even got to the Cubs, and he did it that year. And, and every time he was out there for them, every time something went wrong. Yeah, no, I take great joy in when things fall apart for the Cubs. I really do. I, I'm like, yeah, it's great. And I, I don't want them to win, but in this instance, I wouldn't mind a, a kind of a little bit of a run through the postseason. Enough to irk Jerry Reinsdorf. Enough for him to wake up every day for a couple of weeks and see Cubs fever ripping Chicago in October while his team is done like that. That would be perfectly fine with me because it would be motivating to him. Anything that helps him along the way 
is good enough for me. Socks in a basement listeners for exterior windows, doors, patio doors, and storm doors. Go to window and door superstore of Oak Forest where there are no high pressure sales. They're not in your kitchen, your living room, uh, on your deck, sitting on the porch, in the front room. They're not, they're not doing any of that stuff. Uh, they're not bringing in some dingy old window that's been in everybody else's house either. Instead, you're going to their place, seeing full-size examples, all the etchings, all the doorknobs, all the options. Nothing's in a magazine. You got an owner in the showroom, an owner on site, and they're using their own staff to install. They're not farming out the work. They've been doing it that way for 40 years in Oak Forest since 1985. All major brands are custom-made. No stock items for a perfect fit. They're a half block east of 159th and Ridgeland at 6280 159th Street. See more at windowdooroakforest.com. You know, it, it, it's interesting. I think kind of lost in all this season and all the, the disaster of it. Uh, I was reading WGN was reporting, Larry Hawley was reporting that um, kind of quietly, Luis Robert Jr. has had a season that nobody else in White Sox history has ever had. Well, I knew it because Saxner comes on all the time and tells us th- that he's having a huge season. No, no center fielder's ever done what he's done. That's what's really interesting. Like, the White Sox have never had, like, an all-world center fielder. We have we have people that we've we've enjoyed out in center field. There are people that are in the lore of White Sox history, but they don't even hold a candle to the greatest center fielders of all time. And we're talking about a guy who's having a season right now that if he were just replicating this for a couple of years, you'd start saying like, "Man, he's one of the best." Because this is this is big. I mean, he even he went into a minor slump here over the last couple of weeks. If you weren't paying any attention, and he's still sitting at what 37, 38 home runs. He's right around there. He's going yeah. to get the. I want him to get the forty. That's that's what I care about. Get him the forty. You know, and and, and let him finish. There. Let him finish off the season feeling good about himself, and then pencil him in next year to be the rock in your lineup and out in the field. And you know, James Fox said it when he was last on the show. At some point, Colson Montgomery's probably getting to the team next year. Probably not starting the season with him, but getting there. And he's the real deal. He believes. So you're going to have you're going to have him there at short. And you're going to have uh, Robert out in center unless for some reason they decide they want to pick up Anderson's option, which I really don't think they're going to do. I'm just going to continue right. to say that and maybe I'll will it into fruition because it doesn't make any yeah, just, sense. Just keep throwing it into the universe and That's hope the universe responds. But, but more so than center fielders, Robert is the only player in franchise history to have at least 35 or more homers, 35 or more doubles, more than 75 RBIs, more than 85 runs scored, and more than 15 steals in a single season. I mean, that's he's basically filling up the stat line like nobody else in White Sox history has. I'm curious here. Is the reason Frank Thomas hasn't reached that is because of the steals? Like, did was he able to do all the other parts of that? Go, go through those stats again. I'm really curious. More than 35 homers. More than 35 homers. Okay, well, Frank Thomas had more than 35 homers in a lot of seasons with the White Sox. So go to the next thing. Okay, more than 35 doubles. More than 35 doubles. Frank Thomas had more than 35 homers and more than 35 doubles in several years. So I still have a few years here of his career I can look at. Okay, next one. More than 75 RBIs. That's a a pretty big check. Oh, yeah, he's got that for sure. What else? Yeah, more than more runs scored, more than 85 runs scored, and he was pretty much around 100 every year. Okay, he's got that too. So yeah, it really just comes down to now you throw on the steals. Yeah, okay, so that, you know I, I hate when people do that because here it's like, oh, look at all the things that Louis Robert did, and nobody's ever done this. And you know it's just because of the 15 stolen bases. You know how many times Frank Thomas had more than 35 home runs, more than what was it, 85 runs scored. 
And what was well, the, the doubles had to be more than 35. He did it in 93. He fell one double short in 94. He did it in 97. Oh, yeah. He did it again in 2000. He had a massive year in 2000. 2000, he had 43 homers, 44 doubles. He had 35 doubles and 42 home runs in 2003. He did it again in 2003. So, like, Luis Robert Jr. 1993 and, and really, and then he had 35 and 35 okay. in 97. So, Luis Robert Jr. is having a spectacular year that reminds you of the big Frank hurt Thomas. Frank Thomas. That's what he's doing. Luis Robert with Jr. Seals. is Frank Thomas with with wheels. Less runs scored. It went in like he's falling a little bit short, but he might get there, right? But he's he's very very similar. He's got some wheels. It's Frank Thomas in center field with speed. That's what Luis Robert Jr. is this year. And and so that that proves he's a generational talent though too. Right. right? Well, that's that's a pretty standard Frank Thomas season in his prime over many years. I mean, that guy, what, what, he won two MVPs? He should have won three? Uh, Jambi. It was Jambi that stole it. He was really good. If you saw Frank Thomas in person, you knew he was the best. I used to laugh. Like, you know, you'd always get this uh, Ken Griffey Jr. thing. Ken Griffey Jr. this, Ken Griffey Jr. that. If I needed to pick a hitter, just a hitter, I wanted Big Frank in there. As somebody who watched it live, you know, as a teenager and was paying attention to everything into his young adult years watching Frank Thomas. And that's what, you know, and that's, I think, the best way to compare this. Luis Robert Jr. this year is having a standard prime of his career over multiple years, Frank Thomas season, but with some stolen bases. And, and to give you an idea, but to give you an idea about Griffey, and, and you want to talk about greatness there. Yeah. Ken Griffey Jr. only has one season like that on, on the book. Thank you. See, I just, I said it based off of my memory of it. And you just pointed out he had one season like that, and we were rattling off multiple seasons of Frank Thomas doing that. Exactly. Frank Thomas is a man. There's a reason why he was a first ballot Hall of Famer. And I think he he, he wasn't unanimous, but he was really damn close to it. And it's because some sports writers are just idiots. Oh, yeah. There, there's that group of sports writers that goes out there and is like, nobody gets in on the first ballot. Not nobody, not know how. Right. But, you know, you knew it when you were watching him. And that's what's made the Luis Robert Jr. season so much fun is because you see greatness. Now you want to see that greatness continue in stacked multiple years. That's what you want. You want this to be the beginning, and it should be the beginning, based on his age, based on his ability, based on the fact he looks like an absolute beast and he should be able to stay healthy. I mean, if you're going to get Frank Thomas numbers with speed playing defense at a gold glove caliber in center field, that is a thing. And, and you, you know, you talk about the Angels wasting Mike Trout. The White Sox better not waste Luis Robert Jr. Right. Because they almost wasted Frank Thomas. And in the end, the only reason he got a ring was because that team carried him across the finish line in 05 after he got hurt early in the year and was out for the season. And then was stupidly moved on from, even though he could have helped the team in, in continuing years. Because he just went off and continued to do Frank Thomas things. But Kenny Williams was done with him. Right. Right. Yeah. Cause, cause, cause that, um, you know, that, that 2006 season of his where he hit, oh, 39 homers and, uh, eh, you know, had 114 RBIs. And he was 38 years old. He hit 39 home runs in the Imagine year that, after. I that. love, I love Jim Tomey. I, I, he's, he's a fantastic gentleman and, and I loved rooting for him as a White Sox player. But imagine 2006. 
without trying to drag Brian Anderson around as your center fielder every day, with Frank Thomas putting up a 270, 39 home run, 114 RBI slash line, and you don't make the trade and you've got Aaron Rowan back out there? Yes. Yes. Well, I always said in 06 it was think a you get disaster. back in there? No, but it was the thing. 06 was a disaster because Kenny got too cute. He got too cute. What was it? Javier Vasquez? Wasn't that the pitcher he went on and got to? He, he traded El Duque? Yeah. Yeah, he traded El Duque for, for Vasquez. What did you hear about for years afterwards? What did you hear about at the reunion? When they did the reunion uh, Sox Fest where they talked about that team, everybody talked about how El Duque was the guy that got everybody to play at a higher level. Right. And it, but it, Kenny, Kenny didn't get that. He tried to get too cute. He tried to say, I won the World Series, and now I'm going to change important aspects of my team and mess with the you know the locker room a little bit and guys that had heavy influence in the locker room and of course what was Kenny around for what did he end up getting fired during a year when the locker room seemingly was just an absolute disaster actually for the last couple of years where you just I, see things Kenny, falling Kenny apart. almost becomes the Jerry Krause of the White Sox doesn't right. he he takes too much credit for the win and doesn't give it to the players, and that was that was the big downfall for for Reinsdorf's other franchise was when that general manager who quote unquote built the team decided that he could do it again. Right, exactly. So back back to the whole dumpster fire uh, Chicago dumpster fire th- team thing. It's it's what it's the Bears Bears and Sox rooting racing for the bottom with the Bulls right above them, and then the Blackhawks and Cubs maybe looking down, going, do, do we want to be a part of this or or can we just can we say we're from Arlington Heights? They'll get in there. They'll get in there. Yeah, they'll come back. That's true. (laughs) Socks in the basement listeners, do the hard work. And if you're a hardworking man or woman on the south side, you need to be outfitted properly. And that's why you should visit Red Wing Shoes in Evergreen Park, New Lenox, and Geneva. A work boots specialty store that carries sizes from 6 to 16 and feet as wide as 4E. A 115-year-old company that came out of Red Wing, Minnesota. And one of its largest stores in the entire Midwest is in Evergreen Park, Illinois, ever since 1976. When you're on your feet, the footwear is everything. So why not get an expert fitting? They warranty, repair, and offer free conditioning with laces. And they also carry Carhartt work clothing as well. Located at 3347 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park, Illinois, at 208 East Maple Street on Route 30 in New Lenox, or at 1749 South Randall Road in Geneva. Visit them today. You work hard. You've earned it. Red Wing Shoes. We have had well over 500 episodes of Socks in the Basement. The 500th was back in July. And we are always four fans, by fans, and 30 minutes of Socks. This episode is going to end a little bit differently because there are very few events each and every year that I want you to come join me at. And one of them is happening on the date this episode comes out, the 23rd of September. I always want you at the Southside Irish Parade with me at Cork and Kerry. I always want you out there on opening day or opening weekend when we're out there at Cork and Kerry at the park. You know I will sit down with you at the official brewery of Socks in the Basement, Hailstorm Brewing Company. And they had a wonderful Oktoberfest already, kicking off the season, I believe, on the Southside. But there is an Oktoberfest at the Forge in Lamont in a big giant field with a big giant stage with all kinds of big giant tents that are beer tents and food tents and authentic German cuisine and socks in the basement is right smack dab in the middle of it 
on the date this episode releases, the 23rd of September. Pollyanna Brewing Company, which is out in Lamont, is providing all of the beer. And so for the next couple of minutes, I want you to understand how much fun this is because I want you to come join Socks in the Basement today. Here's Oktoberfest at the Forge last year. It was their second annual event. The third annual event has your name written all over it. Get in the car, get your butt to Lamont. They even have a Metro train that'll get you there. I mean, let's be honest. The only way you can really talk about this team is with a big giant stein of beer in your hands. It takes the edge off. I see you go up, I see you go down, you're out. I see you cheat, you're out. Straight forward. One, two, three. Pollyanna, Oktoberfest. It's been fun so far. Brian's the brewer. First of all, good Oktoberfest this season. Excellent job. Thank you. You know, actually, I'm standing here with the guy, Vince, that makes most of it, so yeah. got to give all credit to him. What you do is you just take all the awards and this guy does all the brewing? Well, I mean, that puts it lightly, I guess, or, but <laughs> yeah. Vince, how are you? I'm Chris. What's going on, Chris? How are you? How'd you do in the uh, Stein Hoisting competition? Uh, fourth, I think. I don't know, fourth or fifth, somewhere. You made the beer but came in fourth. Uh, yeah, I let him win, you know, you know how it goes. I could tell, I could tell you could have done it. You had it, you had it totally in a bag. You just let it go because you were like, somebody's got to lose and it's going to be me. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be me. Yeah, yeah exactly. I can't win the Steinoise. That's not right. Where do you get these Lederhosen from? You're like in full regalia today. It's amazing. Amazon. Amazon's got Lederhosen, huh? They do. They're pretty legit too, man. It's solid. It's solid. All right. All right. So I want to meet the guys that came in first and second. From what I understand, Brian Dumbick over here yeah. has come in second now multiple years in a row yeah. to the same guy. Yeah. So you're hoisting. How, how many liters is this? This is one liter, so it's, you know, a little over 32 ounces of beer. So. Right. So it's heavy. It's pretty heavy. And these glass steins themselves, when they're empty, they're pretty heavy. And I saw guys, like, trying to do the lean, trying to, like, make sure they're, they thought their arm was straight, but it was, like, below their navel. Like, it was pretty bad up there. <laughs> yeah, I, I gave them a little bit of leeway, but eventually you had to kick them out because right. I knew these two were going to be at the end anyway. <laughs> these are the guys that are always in the finals. So, uh, yeah. first off, uh, uh, Brian, second place. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Second Place, does it hurt? Like, I mean, like, at some point in the hoisting competition with your arms straight out trying to hold this beer, not letting it drop, you you must have known it was over, right? Because this guy's stone cold next to you. I never saw him waver. I, I didn't want to waste the beer. I had to drink it afterwards, so I, I just, uh, my arm went numb, and I figured that was about time. I had to save the beer. Yeah, that's really how you give in, right? It's a decision over pride or losing a liter of beer that was free. That's right. Yeah, so I, I chose wisely. All right. I think. All right, we're going to move on from the loser and get to the winner. What's your name, Matt? Matt Giblin. Right, Matt, why are you so good at this? Because I'm going to tell you something right now. My kid leaned over to me and he goes, it's like if Thor entered a contest and nobody knew he had superpowers. Like this guy never, never shook. What happened? Uh, five years ago, they decided to do this on a whim at Oktoberfest. I had never done it or seen it before. I volunteered and had no idea what I was getting into. And, and I, uh, this guy, the, you call him the loser. I call him a good friend that I, I've known through Pollyanna. I know him. That's why I call him a loser. Yeah, he, Like, I didn't even know he was going to be here. Like, we both, we both live 
so far away from Lamont. Like this guy's like a like a Morgan Park kid. I'm over in Evergreen. We're both in Lamont tonight. That's how the South Side's connected, right? And like I saw him on stage, and I'm like, what the hell is he doing up there? So yeah. So so he drove all that way to get his ass kicked. Yeah. <laughs> and his Christ the suck. And and his and his wife videotaped him losing <laughs> for for all eternity to see. Yes, YouTube forever. Yeah. That was great, man. What's the secret? I, I don't know. It just happens. You're just strong. I guess. All right. I don't I don't wait lift weights or that. I, I don't know. You don't even lift. No. You don't even know what you bet. Don't no. even lift, bro. I hate you. I hate you. All right. All right. Well, thanks. Congratulations. How do you feel so far about this fest? It's been great so far. You know, it's been pretty crowded. Great. Worked out a few logistics that were a little iffy last year that are going a lot smoother. I saw some differences, man, and I think you did it perfectly. Like, I remember last year, I was like, ah, it's the quarry. They got these big giant rocks. We got to make sure people don't fall over them when they're drinking. You guys, like, figured out all the logistics. Yeah, I've got a scar on my leg from last year on those rocks, but, you know, we got we got everything going smoothly today. So I think year two at the Forge and here in Lamont has been a very, very successful. Well, we always talk about the Oktoberfest, and you and I will talk about your, your standard beers, but... Is there something that's out right now that you're serving at this Oktoberfest that you're, you just want people to know about? Is it going to be around for a little while? Like something, if somebody gets over to Pollyanna in the next month or so, they should try out. You know, we just released a new West Coast IPA called uh, Four Square Showdown, and I think it's pretty tasty. It's super fresh. Uh, that'll be out for a few weeks at least, and, you know, come try it while, we, while you can. We talked earlier in the year about how it was the summer of West Coast IPAs, and I said, wait a minute, I thought that was all just like one beer you're like no you can make all kinds of different west coast ipas which is crazy yeah there's i mean there's all sorts of hops out there all sorts of malt profiles you know ipa is the name of the game these days so and after vince lost he's got to wear these later hose for the next week right yeah uh, it's gonna be a rough week of work <laughs> what was the rabbit's name in bambi it was thumper what's this called in radio speak it's called a bumper it's a bumper Hey, remember, if you want any further details on Oktoberfest in Lamont, go to lamontdowntown.com. We will see you if you're listening on the date that this releases, the 23rd of September, and you're getting in your car right now and you're driving there. First five people to mention Frank Thomas to me at the festival get a free beer. 21 and over. Another disclaimer. We are the show of disclaimers. Check out the sports book. I'll see you Tuesday at the Cork. Prost, everybody. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always on SocksInTheBasement.com.